One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And who boy, do we have uh, some things to talk to you about today. (laughs) It is November 9th, 2020. We'll save it for the end of the show, but stick around if you want to hear us ramble on and on about this new new phase of our democracy. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Yeah, man. But you're not here for that necessarily. Some of you are, but a lot of you are like, just shut up. We don't mm-hmm. care about your political opinions. God bless you all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that meant. But <laughs> I meant it affectionately, but it sounded sort of... Anyway, I, we love you. We're glad you're here and you're here to talk about murder. So I'll shut up and let Sadie talk about some murder. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tonight we're going to talk about Babes in the Woods murders, Pine Grove Furnace. So today I started looking up my next story and this was going to be it. What? I am serious. I didn't do any research at all, so I actually (laughs) don't know anything that happened. But I swear to my life, this was going to be my next story. so funny. Where did Mm -hmm. you find it? No idea. I probably read it. I have no idea. Because I found... I found another Babes in the Woods murder. There's actually multiple. What? And I read up on one that's unsolved, and I didn't quite feel like there was enough, and some other uh, podcasts have covered it. Uh-huh. And But then when I was looking around, I think I got onto Wikipedia or whatever, and they were like, this is Babes in the Woods, this town, but there's also Babes in the Woods over here. And I was like, wait a minute. What? So I started, yeah. So this is in Pine Grove Furnace. Uh, Pennsylvania. Amazing. I cannot wait. Okay. On November 24th, 1934, two men were looking for firewood in Pine Grove Furnace State Park in South Central Pennsylvania. As they were hiking through the woods, a green blanket caught their attention. It was covering something, quote, like a knoll. Thinking it was a a knoll? A knoll. K-N-O-L-L or however you spell it. a small hill. (laughs) Not like a knoll, the marriage. Right. <laughs> like an all your sisterhood. <laughs> that was emancipate. Uh, <laughs> you really right. want to dig that back up? I <laughs> yeah. Really want to go there again? Um, I'm game. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Hello, lawyer. <laughs> Time for the annulment. 
(laughs) Thinking it was a deer carcass, but puzzled by why it was covered so carefully, they looked underneath. They were horrified to find the bodies of three little girls under the blanket. Oh, man. They were described as having light brown hair, freckles, and gray eyes, and looked to be roughly 5, 10, and 14 years old. Holy shit. They were dressed in new coats with fur collars, new shoes, dresses, and silk underwear. Quote, The smallest child was cuddled in the arms of the oldest, the Gettysburg Time reported. One arm of the 10-year-old girl was thrown across the other two. They also reported them as being, quote, tucked tenderly under a blanket. They had no obvious signs of injury, and authorities believed they were sisters. Wow. And to help understand this case, it's important to know a little bit about 1934 United States. The U.S. was in the middle of the Great Depression, which lasted from 1929 to 1939. By 1933, when the Great Depression reached its lowest point, some 15 million Americans were unemployed and nearly half the country's banks had failed. So big trouble, y'all. Yeah, that was not a fun, cool time. People are eating ketchup packets and shit. I don't right. know if ketchup packets were invented. But <laughs> Probably not. Ketchup. No, but well, this whole time, my whole life, I've imagined people sucking on ketchup packets. It's just now dawning on me that that probably wasn't a thing. I don't know right. what ketchup came in in the 1930s, but a bottle? Didn't, I don't <laughs> want to eat ketchup as a meal. Bottom no. line. No. A black bag was found near the bodies. It contained, quote, a jumble of clothes of every type, most of them soiled but in good or fair quality. Most of the clothes appeared to be for the children, except for one gray shirt that was made for a man from a store in Napa, California. Children's books were also found, but labels which may have contained their names had been torn off. Only the name Norma was found in one of the books. When word spread, the story became a media sensation, and the public joined in the search to identify the sisters. An autopsy was performed, and at first they couldn't find a cause of death for the girls, but they eventually decided that they had been smothered to death. Oh, no. They hadn't had a meal in quite some time before they died. Mm. Authorities opened the morgue to the public, hoping that someone would be able to identify the girls. It's estimated that 10,000 people came to see the bodies. A few people thought they knew the girls, but none of the leads panned out. Police searched local school records, hoping to find three sisters who had missed school in the past few days, but none were found. They needed to bury the bodies, as no long-term cold storage was available at the time. So they made, quote, death masks of the girls' faces to help identify them. Wow. As local leads dried up, police expanded their search, eventually searching across the country to more than 28 states at its peak. More than 100 officers were assigned to the investigation, and they interviewed thousands of people. Wow, wow, wow. Can you imagine searching that extensively in the 30s? No. Also, can you imagine finding three young girls' bodies and nobody claiming them? Right. Yeah. It's bizarre. So crazy. Bear Um, Brook, to this day, one of my favorite of all time cases, because you just, you can't find three people dead and nobody claims them it's just too odd right and luckily these girls get claimed pretty quickly but yeah still yeah yeah how do you lose three children and right yeah and when you look around the internet on this case there are pictures of the girls deceased in the forest which i will not be posting but there's also pictures of their the molds they made of their faces i'll post some of those and i guess all of their like the clothing and these death masks and 
all of the like, it's a big deal in in this area of Pennsylvania, mm. and you can still go see it at a museum in Pers- in um you know what's it called Hershey Pennsylvania. Uh huh. <laughs> There's like a museum with the stuff in it. No way. Yeah. The day after the girls were found, a man and woman were found shot to death in an apparent murder suicide over 100 miles away near Altoona, Pennsylvania. The woman's breast had been exposed, and she had been shot through the heart and then again in the head. The man had been killed by a single self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. At first, the two cases seem unrelated, but when a bag was found near the bodies of the man and woman, with clothing matching that found at the scene where the girls were found, police started to put the pieces together. So they found another bag of clothes near the couple, uh-huh. and noticed that the clothing was similar to what the uh-huh. girls had been wearing, been wearing or had in their bag. Uh-huh. Police received a tip from an owner of a boarding house who believed a man and woman with three children spent the night at the house on November 17th. The man who booked the room used the name J.C. Cowden of California, but this proved to be an alias. Then on November 30th, an abandoned 1929 Pontiac sedan was found near McVeigh's town and was traced to a man named Elmo Noakes of Roseville, California. When authorities compared the dead man's fingerprints to Elmo's fingerprints available from military records, they matched. Uh-huh. It turned out that Elmo, his three daughters, Norma Sedwick, who was 12, Delilah Noakes, who was 10, and Cordelia Noakes, who was 8, and his 19-year-old niece, Winifred Pierce, had been missing from California for a couple of weeks. Mm. They had finally been found. Oh, no. As police tried to put the pieces of the puzzle together, they found more questions than answers. L.O. James Noakes was born January 8, 1903 in Springville, Utah. He served in the United States Marine Corps from 1920 to 1922 with his brother Robert. On July 28, 1923, Elmo married a woman named Mary, who had one daughter, Norma, from her previous marriage. Elmo and Mary went on to have two children together, Delilah, who was born May 2, 1924, and Cordelia, who was born June 2nd of 1926. And let me tell you, best names. I know. I'm just going to say, Delilah is just Delilah Cordelia, and also I didn't know that Elmo was actually a real name of a like a person's name. I don't think I've ever heard <laughs> of anyone named was? Elmo. Really? I thought it was just, yeah, like cute. Just this Sesame cute. Street? Sure. Do you know any big birds? <laughs> I was going to say Kermits, but that's a real name. I wonder. I guess I hadn't... C- Cookie Monster? Elmo feels like such an old-timey name that I, when I read about it, it didn't really strike it, me, I guess. It totally struck me. Never yeah. heard of an Elmo ever. I mean, that's cute. Elma. Lots. I know some Elmas. Which is cute. I'll have to look up who else, what other Elmos are out there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a lot nowadays. Definitely not. Can you imagine? No. Oh, no. boy. Sadly, on July 10th, 1932, Mary died from septicemia hemolytic, which is a fancy term for a blood infection, mm-hmm. after a self-induced abortion in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, no. Yeah. After Mary's death... Elmo took his daughters to Roseville, California, where his three sisters could help raise them. One of his nieces, the daughter to Elmo's oldest sister, was Winifred Price. She started working for Elmo, cleaning, cooking, and taking care of his children while he was at work. Elmo was known to have a good reputation around town. He was described as kind and loving, and he was not known to ever be violent. He lived in a nice home. It was mentioned that it was well-stocked with food. 
Before he left for Pennsylvania, Elmo had a good job with the Pacific Fruit Express in Roseville, California. At the time he left, he was owed $50 in pay. He fled his home quickly, leaving most of the family's belongings behind and did not collect his earnings. What? $50 at that time was probably equivalent to like $107,000 today. Yep. And to leave your house and your job. Everything. And drive across country with your family. And then like at the peak of the depression. Uh Uh-huh. Like what? Why? What? Yeah. Tell me why. (laughs) I wish I knew. (laughs) Oh, you don't know? Well, we have theories, but. Oh, man. I know. In September of 1934, Elmo took out life insurance policies on his children and then changed the beneficiary of his own life insurance from his children to his sister, Winifred's mother. Uh He then bought a blue sedan in October. He and his family fled from California just 10 days later. Not much is known about their cross-country trip. A woman came forward saying that she was at a Philadelphia restaurant eating with her son on November 18th, when a couple with three girls came in and sat at the next table. When the man told the children they would have to share a meal, the woman invited the youngest girl to come eat with her and her son. The parents readily agreed. She told police that the young girl told her, quote, Daddy is looking for work. I'm kind of tired and this food tastes awfully good. Oh. She also remembers the man asked the restaurant owner for work and told him, quote, My child are beginning to burden me. Mm. After being seen at the restaurant, a man came forward saying that days later he'd picked up two hitchhikers in McVeightown. They matched the description of Elmo and Winifred. He drove them an hour west to the town of Altoona. They no longer had the girls with them. (laughs) Once in Altoona, they tried to pawn Elmo's glasses but couldn't sell them, so Winifred pawned her coat and Elmo used some of the money to purchase the rifle he later used to kill them. What is happening? The day after they bought the rifle, their bodies were found dead in a railroad station near Duncansville, 15 miles south of Altoona. Why? The people of Carlisle, Pennsylvania, came together and decided to give the girls a, quote, simple but impressive funeral. The American Legion donated money to pay for the funeral, and the local funeral home donated their services. The sisters were dressed in white and placed in their caskets. Boy and Girl Scouts served as their pallbearers. Around 400 people turned out in heavy rain on December 1st to see the girls laid to rest in a donated plot mm-hmm. in Carlisle's Westminster Cemetery. That's so sweet. It's so sweet. Their monument at the grave reads, quote, Sleep tender blossoms, folded so close in slumber, which broken shall be by his gentle voice whispering low, little children, oh, come unto me. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo and Winifred were later buried in the same cemetery. So we'll never know what caused Elmo to take his family on a sudden cross-country trip or why they all ended up dead. I hate that. I know. Many theories have circulated through the decades. Police seem to believe one of two theories, the first being that Elmo decided to flee after he and Winifred started a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. That would be my first guess. Knowing their family wouldn't approve, they decided to go east but then why leave in such a hurry? Right. When they ran out of money on their cross-country trip, Elmo killed the girls because he could no longer support them, is the theory. Right. But Elmo's brother couldn't believe that. He told reporters, quote, I lived for two months with him, and he never raised a hand toward his children. I don't think he killed them. He loved them. He was as good to them as any man could be. Elmo also had a home in California and a good job and two weeks of pay, like we've already talked about. Mm Mm-hmm. 
why not use the money he had made with Winifred's coat to try to make it back to California? The girls hadn't had food in a while before their deaths, but they were by no means starving. Mm-hmm. It seems unlikely that an otherwise loving father would so quickly decide to kill his daughters without first exhausting all of his other options. Yeah, that seems a little hasty. Yeah. They'd been gone two, three weeks. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, hadn't been very long. Right. Not and months. Just like, well, can't provide for you. <laughs> right. Like they I have want. this whole setup back in California. Like, what? Right. Right. You know, it just doesn't make sense unless they're running away from something. Right. There that they can't go back to. But what? But even, even so, like, you wouldn't just kill your daughters. Right. You, you bring your kids to their grandparents or something or to the police and then kill yourself if you feel that desperate. But why right. kill your kids and then kill yourself? Right. Any other theories? Yep. Oh, thank God. <laughs> the second theory that some police believe is that an automobile exhaust accidentally killed the sisters. The family was short on money and it was winter, so it's possible that they parked in a closed-in space to sleep one night and left the engine running to stay warm. Uh-huh. The girls would have succumbed to the exhaust first because they were smaller. Once the adults realized what had happened, they were afraid of being held responsible and felt tremendous guilt for letting the girls die, so they decided to put them in the woods, abandon the car, and ultimately committed suicide. No, don't buy it. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's an interesting theory that it was an accident. but Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. So other theories uh, that just sort of were out there here and there, but without a lot of information or basis. Yeah. <laughs> Another theory includes a cult killing due to a quote sign or mystic symbol found on the oldest sister Norma's forehead. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Experts dispute this and say it was not a symbol, but a superficial head wound caused at nope. some point. Cult symbol. <laughs> For sure. Haven't seen it. Haven't read anything about it. Feel confident that's what the motive was. Case solved. Yeah. Some believed the family was chased out of California by an armed gang, or that Mm -hmm. Alma was suffering from mental illness and was fleeing some imaginary evil. Yep. I couldn't find any information or, like, backstory on this armed gang or why they would be chasing him out of California. Right. It was just something that popped up in one of the articles without any, like, facts. It was that was the, one of the first things that I thought of that it would make more sense that somebody would be pursuing him for some reason. But what, right, <laughs> you know? Why? And why would he take his kids with him? Right is the other thing. Why wouldn't he? Unless his kids were in direct danger, and right? They were murdered also because they were in direct danger, and he was trying to get them away from whatever the danger was, and the danger found them. Whether right. the danger was him or something else, right? And I don't know that there was, I think it was a pretty, you know, I don't think there was any um, investigation on the murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. Could it be that it was just a murder and somebody shot Elmo and made it look like a suicide? Right. That same person killed the girls. They abandoned the car and took Elmo and Winifred away. I mean, these are like pure speculation from me, who was not an expert on the case. But you know who it you know, was? It could be something like that. It was Big Fruit. Big Fruit was after him. Oh, Big Fruit. (laughs) (laughs) He got to... From the Fruit Company. (laughs) From the Fruit Company. He learned too much. He knew something. He knew that they were developing Honeycrisp and that shit was going to take over (laughs) Red Delicious and revolutionize 
the way we enjoy apples moving forward. Yeah. And he tried to stop it and shit got out of hand. Could be. I think you you're know? onto it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about getting, trying to flee the imaginary evil. Yeah. He killed his girls to protect himself and then realized what he'd done or he needed to complete his plan and killed Winifred and himself. You know, right. if he's having this mental break. Right. Which it seems plausible too. Sure. After the bodies had been identified, the drama inside the Elmo's extended family came into focus when two of Elmo's sisters were each given a suspended 90-day jail sentence for disturbing the peace by harassing the third sister, who was Winifred's mother. Whoa. The charges were brought against them by Winifred's brother. <laughs> Does that make sense? So we've got... Yeah. Yeah. Her brother is bringing charges against his aunts. Right. Plural, his aunts. For harassing his mother. Right. So he claimed that the sisters came to the house to offer their condolences and support for Winifred's death, but a fight broke out. They started accusing Winifred's mother of spreading stories about their brother Elmo. She said that, quote, if it hadn't been for your family, he'd still be alive. She further claimed that she, quote, warned Elmo not to have anything to do with Winifred and that she could make him do about anything she wanted him to. Uh-oh. Both sisters denied the charges against them in court, and when they were sentenced, they screamed furiously and disrupted the court, requiring the judge to restore order. I like it. I like yeah. all these people. Like, I like this Lolita Winifred character using her feminine ways to get what she wants. I like the cult pursuing them. All of it. <laughs> these hysterical Spices sisters. Quite a bit. <laughs> just, it's very, it's very old timey. It just really mm -hmm. feels all so dramatic. Yeah, it really does. Elmo's brother responded to the media by saying, quote, There's been trouble in the family for years. I guess that's why Elmo went away. He also claimed that, quote, There was trouble in the Pierce home. This is where Winifred lived. Hmm. Mrs. Pierce and her husband didn't get along sometimes. My brother made a home for Winifred. It was more pleasant there, and so when he left, I suppose she felt she would be happier with him. That's what the brother said. Right. When asked about his three quarreling sisters, Robert said, quote, Those three sisters are as good as gold, but they just don't seem to understand each other all the time. And then there are stories about, quote, boyfriends, and is all rot and just made up for spite. What? What, is, what does that mean? I guess there was, so there's stories about boyfriends with these sisters uh -huh. that they made up about each other, but he uh -huh. thinks that it's all just rot and uh -huh. made up to spite uh -huh. each other. Got it. So just some family dramas happening. There. Got it. He felt that the strife in the family may have caused Elmo to leave. Quote, sometimes I don't blame Elmo because in 1930, I went away for a couple of years myself to Tucson, Arizona to get away from it. I think that's just what he did. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either, but that's all I got for you. Dang it. Dang it. How old was Winifred? 1819. Yeah. Do we think maybe she killed the daughters and then he freaked out on her and killed her and killed himself? It could be. Maybe. There wasn't, there just wasn't a whole lot of backstory. On right. who they were and what they did and right. just the little bits that I could find. I don't think it was a terribly long time that she worked with the family. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see anything, any reports at all that she was not kind to the girls. Right. I mean, but it could be. Yeah. But then, like, if she killed the girls and then he planned to kill her and then they went and hitchhiked and bought the coat, like, 
pawned right. the coat and got the money and got a gun. I mean, it seems very like they would have to be in cahoots right. together right. with this plan if that's what happened. So maybe she said, not to blame this all on Winifred, but I'm just exploring our options here. Maybe she was like, I want to be with you, but we got to get rid of these kids because that does happen. We're mm-hmm. new spouses don't like the kids, want them out of the picture, and so they leave to dispose of the children and start a new life by themselves when nobody knows that they're uncle and, and niece. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to deal with the kids anymore either. Seems like mm-hmm. a stretch if he was a good dad, but I just well, don't understand what else it could be. I know. I don't understand why he would bring the girls. Like, he could have, he and Winifred, if that's the case, they could have just left right. and gone, and, you know, and the girls would have had multiple aunts and uncles. And I know that there was a mention of a grandma who identified their bodies, and there was family right. available, and, you know, that was around. And it seemed like the family in general was pretty well off. Mm-hmm. So why not leave the girls and just run away with your niece (laughs) dang it i don't know i don't know know. mental illness does seem like the most plausible yeah it's super stressful time yes feeling really you know when i think like we'll just go back to california but it's not like it is now you know it wouldn't be easy just to turn them back around if i'm sure a car went like 25 miles per hour (laughs) (laughs) yes just making up tons of shit about the auto industry in the 30s but (laughs) It only cost 50 bucks. So. It cost 50 bucks, <laughs> went 15 miles per hour, took uh, three and a half months to get from California to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's so weird. It's I so know. weird when people do that. It's so weird. I mean, I guess it's weird, though, when they do it, you know, where men k- kill their whole families just to start over in like Barbados or something. Like, just start right. over in Barbados. Why kill your whole family first? You know, just leave them alone. Just leave them. Right. Like, what are they going to do? Come get you? You know? Right. Like, no. I guess you'll be financially responsible, but you can also just evade that if you go far enough away. I don't know. I don't, it just doesn't make any sense. Nope. Do any of you out there know? Why would, why? It's got to be mental illness. Everybody back then was like drinking corn whiskey and weird shit and like going (laughs) crazy, right? That's just what I, there's lots of, lots of ways to go. Prohibition. That was going to be my question, too. Yeah. Let's I want to say that was before, but I think it lasted a really long time. It's mm-hmm. really, I'm always so surprised at how long Prohibition lasted. Well, honestly, I was surprised at how long the Great Depression lasted. It was 10 years. Which God, that is so long. Yeah. That is so long. Yeah, that is surprising. I would have said four or five. Oh, or well, maybe this is it. So the, the Prohibition was from 1920 to 1933, and this story happened in 1934 so maybe elmo just started drinking too much uh-huh went a little wa- little whiskey crazy yeah ah, i don't that's know so weird that's so no. weird man so there you go guys well babes in the woods murder first Pine order of business when i get to the heaven and the pearly gates i'm just gonna be like great yep and never-ending happiness whatever blah 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 just tell me about all the unsolved <laughs> murders i just need it just put me Please. in the room with all the information, starting with Jean Monnet, and then just take me on through. Because, yep. dang it, man. I know. Dang it. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. And it's like, you know probably who did this to the girls, but not the why, and that's really hard. It's really hard. Just like Bear Brook. 
Nope. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I've mentioned this podcast a thousand times because it's just so freaking good. Bear Brook about, was it a woman and two little girls who got found in a barrel or three, two, I think. I think it's and two. And then there was a third girl, girl like part, a part of the story, but who survived. Right. And it is the most interesting. It was cold case forever. Couldn't figure out who these people were in this barrel. And it's just fascinating. Luckily yeah. they solved it. So I, I don't have to cover that case when I get to heaven, but <laughs> <laughs> man, so yeah. good. Yeah, it really is. One of the best out there. Well, good work. Thanks. Jerk. Good work, jerk. Wait no. Way to keep me up at night, putting all the pieces together with the red string with the old timey murder. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I, yeah, I want to go to the museum now. So let's go to Pennsylvania. Give everybody high fives yes. for helping us elect Joe Biden as our next president, and I mean, then go to the museum. Yeah, you guys did it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys yeah, did it. Did. I mean, a lot of people did it, but Pennsylvania fist you shake, win. fist shake, fist shake. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Uh, can you even believe it no i can't i can't and for those of you who are listening who are more conservatively leaning and i know that you're out there and i love you for listening because i and i can't i don't understand why you do but you thank you for listening to us and when we say that it's more about good for you for being able to listen to people talk about things that you don't believe in you know yes yes yeah yeah, if I tuned into a true crime podcast and they were like, Trump I hate best. trans people or what, yeah, I'd yeah. be like, boop, boop off. Yes. Um, so good for you guys for sticking in and having open hearts and minds to experience ideas that are counter to your own. But I just want to say quickly that it, it is the best feeling to feel safe. All we all really want is to feel safe. And we have felt profoundly, deeply to ourselves, we have felt unsafe for the last four years. And uh, I understand people supporting Trump for economic reasons, kind of, although I did, can, there's a million articles about how he didn't do that much better than any other president. In fact, Clinton did way better than he did. But economically speaking, there are certain things I understand and coming from a conservative place and living in a fairly conservative place, you know, I do think that Sadie and I have better insight into the Trump camp, but I do want to say that it has not been good and I'm glad it's over. Uh, But I also don't like the idea that other people are feeling scared now. I don't want us to live in a country where half of the country has to feel terror for the other half to feel good. I don't think that that's sustainable. I don't think it's fair. I don't know what the answer is. But if you are currently feeling terrified and you want to talk to us about that, I am very open to having that conversation. I reached out to my conservative friends after Trump was elected just to kind of start to wrap my mind around it. And it it helped a lot. It actually helped a lot. And it helped me, I think, become a better person 
And it doesn't change the fact that I think Trump is an absolute fucking monster. But it helped me understand his followers better, and I think that's important. And I would love to offer that to people who are feeling like shit right now, because... Well, it seems like the biggest problem that we have to overcome is that divide, is that both sides are being demonized. Right. Democrats to Republicans, Republicans to Democrats. Right. And when you have this enemy, this other, that you can fight against, then people with lots of money and power can do what they want because we're distracted. Exactly. So, yeah. No, I think we definitely live in a safer world and safer country. Yep. It will be a healthier country. We will fucking get this pandemic under control. Correct. (laughs) I mean, I just can't even tell you the amount of hope. And I'm going to cry about it because it's just like... Yep. On election night, when it seemed like 2016 was happening again, I laid in bed, I turned the TV off, and I went to bed knowing that I had to sleep. You know, I couldn't just stay up and worry. Right. And I had to, like, settle into this idea again of, like, what future do my children have? And just these huge, big, scary feelings. Yeah. Um, And then to wake up in the morning and to see, I saw a lot of hope with the numbers and the all of yeah. that. So I thought I started to feel better. And, you know, as the momentum grew and the mail-in ballots started to be counted and things really started to shift, and then especially when Biden was, when it became clear when he was announced to be the president-elect, yep. this weight was like, holy shit, man. Like, yep. I, had, I knew that it, I was scared and that I was worried all the time for the last four years. Yeah. But I had no idea just how bad it was yeah. until that pressure was gone. Right. And I can feel a part of something again. You yeah. know, I felt so closed off from the other, the world and misunderstood and yeah. watching this country that I love so much just go down the toilet and... Yeah. You know, we were just shutting out everything other than white, rich people, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point. So I just, (laughs) I can sit here today feeling like my children have some sort of a future. Like there's so much we have to do, so much work to be done. We got to get big, big, big issues under control for that to be really true. Yep. But... I know that we have that chance now. Yeah, absolutely. But with Biden in office and that we stood up for our democracy in a very big and very important way. Yep. A couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And the world, I think the biggest point is that Trump's America does not leave room for everybody to a very, you know, just by a long shot. And you can, you can say that it does all that you want. It does not. As somebody who is not included in Trump's America, I can tell you conclusively, it's not the case. It's not safe. It's not fucking fair. It's not equitable. It, it's just not. And I know people are afraid of, you know, oh, well, my, you know, 
oil company is going to go. Well, it's not like the, you know, it's right. just it's not how this works. And it's yeah. not it's not Democrat versus Republic Republican. It's that technology is advancing so quickly, and we're leaving people behind because the rich are getting richer, and they're sucking all the resources out of the middle class, and so people aren't getting proper education, so they don't have a chance to be anything but a coal miner or a fucking oil worker or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. we need to level the playing field a little bit so that more people have those opportunities and that people aren't getting left behind, especially conservative people without money. It's just, right. <laughs> you know, you're suffering and I, we recognize that, but it's not because Democrats want you to suffer. So, right. Well, it's not because people from other countries are coming in here no taking your jobs or no on and on and on on and on and on i know we're not here to change hearts and minds because it's just not really how this works but i do want to extend that opportunity if you are more conservative you want to have conversations i've thought a million times about starting like a liberal conservative book club where we (laughs) swap information earnestly to help understand each other better but like you watch a you listen to an hour of npr Right. And I will listen to an hour of Ben Shapiro video. Yeah. (laughs) It's very complicated. And if there's, if anything, in this last year, I've learned that (sighs) it's all very, very, very complicated. And I've said this a million times. The best you can do is just to, just to be kind and admit when you're wrong. And I don't know. Yeah. Talk to each other. Yeah, and get off social media, take breaks, man. Just take some fucking mm-hmm. breaks. Big time. God, we're all our worst selves on there, aren't we? We are just yep. our worst. We're all trolls. That's the thing. Like, my friends get freaked out because so-and-so said something, and I'm like, you're also a troll on social media because mm-hmm. we all are. We all get mm-hmm. on there and, like, Whew, that little lizard brain fires off, and we just start saying the shit. And, you know, on here even, I think on, on this podcast, I think my lizard brain fires, and I have these reactions, and I say them. And, you know, I have to check in with that stuff because it, it, it's just so easy to not be a human being if you're not careful and I don't know how we get back to that more and check in with that more. I think that there are movements calling for more of that, but woof, Mm -hmm. be, be, just be kind. I don't know. Start there and see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Don't get taken advantage of. Yeah. Yep. But if you think somebody's a sociopath, fuck them. Don't ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be kind. Be assertive. My my therapist was one of her like mandates for a better word. <laughs> when I started with her, she was like, "How about you just stay off of Facebook in particular? Yeah, see how that feels." And I have like for the last four or five months, I I'll check once in the morning just to see if I have any notifications. Yeah, I don't scroll. I check to see if anything crazy's happening for They Will Kill, and then I leave. And I've done that, and I it's, I'm just such a better person. Yes. I feel so much better. I'm very soon going to just delete the damn Facebook altogether. Yeah, it's garbage heap. It's terrible. Garbage. Yep. Instagram's pretty good. You know what's not garbage? Oh, sorry. TikTok. TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on TikTok yet. I'm not either, but it is really fun. I I have the app. I mean, I'm assuming I'm like technically on it. I'm signed into it, but it's really fun. It's yeah, it's a happier walk. place. I like watching people when they like when people post TikTok videos. I really enjoy watching them. Yeah. What else yeah. do you not hate? People who um, give us reviews that we've asked for. Well, those. But real quick, before we do that, I don't hate 
our promo for the week. Oh, who is it? Forensic Tales with host Courtney Fretwell. We oh. love us a Courtney, if you guys yes. didn't know. Similar to how Sadie and I are going to solve crimes moving forward, we're also going to recommend podcasts based on the names <laughs> of the hosts. If your name is Courtney <laughs> or Sadie. Yeah, bing, do bing, you want bing, us bing. to play a podcast promo? Sorry. Sorry, your name is... Michael Ojibwe. <laughs> Michael Ojibwe. <laughs> we're just not going to play your promo, buddy. <laughs> no, you're the best in the game. Best. But, but you're not named Courtney or Sadie. It's a very specific um, protocol that we follow. Got to stick to it. Got to... That's right. <laughs> Got to have standards. <laughs> um, anyway. So should we play Courtney's promo yeah. real quick? Yes. So she says that uh, Forensics Tales is a true crime podcast with a forensic twist. Sign me up. Yes. I love that shit. That's our jam. Here you go. Here Take you a go. listen. Do you find yourself searching for a new true crime podcast to binge? This is Courtney Fretwell host of the weekly true crime podcast, Forensic Tales, inviting you to come give the show a listen. Forensic Tales is a weekly podcast that discusses real, bone-chilling true crime stories and how forensic science has been used in the case. Some cases have been solved through cutting-edge forensic techniques, while other cases remain unsolved. From fingerprints to criminal profiling, we've got every investigative angle covered. Forensic Tales is available weekly on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today and leave a review. That's Forensic Tales Podcast, also available at ForensicTales.com. Forensic Tales, a true crime podcast with a forensic twist. All right. Now that we're back from that genius's podcast, genius because her name is Courtney. <laughs> uh, I asked and you delivered. Thank you, God. You delivered. <laughs> I say proceeded. I don't know. It's, yeah, I know. It's Sadie and I were talking earlier about how we're having tour hangover because we're, there's so much anticipation of the election and a million other things going on. And now that it's over, I'm just like, this adrenaline crash is occurring. Mm-hmm. So for, please forgive us. We'll be no. better next week, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> no promises. No. Remember, we peaked at like episode three, I decided. <laughs> They're still hanging out. So we're just doing the best we can. Yep. Um, you guys, we got three reviews so far. <laughs> One is titled, Mommies! <laughs> 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 da, 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 da. <laughs> oh god uh by a a a a a a b b b b b c c c c c d d d d e e e the the name i'm not sure how i found your podcast but i've been binging the past two weeks i am in northwest indiana and absolutely love you sisters thanking thank you oh thanks for making me laugh especially during this insane time i am also in northwest indiana A-A-A-B-B-B-C-D-E. Let's kick it. Seriously. I mean, like, hello, Hoosier. Yeah. Hello, Hoosier. Hello, like-minded Hoosier. (sighs) We need friends. So let's be friends. Yeah. Mommies. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Another one, A Couple of Cupcakes with a K, You Little Sweetheart, yeah. by Susie Home Faker. <laughs> <laughs> this is Courtney and Sadie X, sisters and storytellers, our compassionate, kind, and capable podcast hosts, telling stories that haven't been overdone on the true crime circuit. They are personable without making their personalities the focus of the show. They will kill is easy to listen to, and despite the tragic, frightening, and often infuriating cases they cover, this is the first podcast I've ever subscribed to via Patreon or mm. any paid subscription as a regular listener to almost 200 podcasts. That's high praise. That is extremely high praise. Amazing. Thank you so much. So much. We got one more cupcake with a K. <laughs> Running Kate. I just recently found this show and I'm a, and I'm a big fan. The dog mauling episode is one of the wildest stories I've ever heard. Legitimately laughed out loud multiple times. Five stars, two thumbs. Give them all the trophies and awards because I love this show. <laughs> we will take it. We need, yeah. we need, we love it. <laughs> I, I'm only in it for the trophies and awards. That's why I started doing this in the first place. How many, hey, Court, I called you up one day. How many trophies and awards do you think we could get from this <laughs> podcast idea that I have? I watched the David Letterman show, uh, the new David Letterman show on Netflix, which is a very, it's very so good. happy place to go, you guys. Oh, mm-hmm. Holy shit. It's cathartic. It's hilarious. It's interesting. It's like Mark Maron, but less shouty and with a big beard. It's great. Mm-hmm. But he goes into Ellen's office. Ellen DeGeneres is I'm, like, I have to clarify <laughs> which Ellen I'm referring to. Right. Oh, Ellen Page? No, Ellen DeGeneres. And she's got... Uh, like 32 emmys i mean it's just mm-hmm. just a, an year. office full had to it's like somebody pranked her and just filled her oh, office God. with awards or somebody so that's <laughs> that's what i want i want that many awards <laughs> and trophies i will make it happen for you court you know what else we have tell me patreon shout yeah, yeah yeah who do we got we got Carrie D. Yay, Carrie D. Like Carrie D. We already covered what that means. <laughs> I think we did that joke before, right? Still holding up. <laughs> Still going strong. And another shout out to Shelby M. Yay, Shelby M. Shelby makes people happy is what That's that right. stands for. I bet she does. That's it. Thank you, Shelby. And... <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> we really appreciate your support so much. So much, my God. Um, also, one last thing, and then we can move on with our lives, and maybe I'll go buy a burrito. Ooh. Watch the show Seduced on Stars if you are into this Nexium thing as deeply as oh, I am. Yeah. I need to remember to do that. You guys, the vow on HBO is fine, the podcast is fine seduced is they tell you because if you're all having the same experience like you are very into this whole sex cult thing and everything but kind of like yeah that stuff's pretty bad but it doesn't seem that bad watch seduced it is so bad and the fact that they don't cover any of it on the podcast or the hbo show is crazy to me i wonder why i'll tell you why i think this is my theory because the podcast is uh, I think Sarah, the one of the women who kind of was responsible, who's on The Vow, if you're watching right. HBO The Vow. So Sarah uh, and her husband, Nippy or Nipsey or whatever is Nippy, mm-hmm. and then Mark and 
Bonnie to a lesser extent. But so Mark and Nippy were like the heads of SOP, which is the men's group. And SOP is very, 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 very bad. It was a very bad organization, like justifying rape and like basically sexually harassing and mentally torturing women for years. So I think that they were like, we don't want to talk about those things because it's it reflects very poorly on them. And mm-hmm. I'm grateful that they sort of you know got Keith Ranieri and Allison and everybody else responsible, but they should have probably had some consequences too, based on what I've right. heard. So that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. They didn't want to implicate themselves in all these awful crimes. No, and they say multiple times, we thought we were doing a good thing, and da da da. And it's like, yeah, mm. I get that, but you guys, it was yeah, like very sort of bad. Yeah, yeah. Just, just because you think it's a good thing when it's clearly <laughs> not, doesn't make it okay. Yeah, so they really talk about the shit that went on, and it's crazy. It's crazy. So, highly huh. recommend it. Okay. I it. never, I don't, Laura found it. I never would have heard of it or thought of it. And who has stars? <laughs> I actually do, which is I so weird. I don't <laughs> oh, watch good. a lot of TV, but yeah, I totally watch it. There's probably other good stuff on stars. I just made fun of it and I don't, I just, it could be amazing. I'm sorry to yeah. stars. I'm going to officially apologize to stars. <laughs> well, they are one of our sponsors, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. Not ever. <laughs> Um, Courtney has been begging me to watch Love on the Spectrum for like months. And I needed, uh, believe it or not, leading up to the election, I needed a warm blanket. I needed something easy to watch that made me feel good, that did not make me feel afraid. Sick of watching The Office reruns for the 400th time. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. So, well, and I I love uh, the British Bake Off show, but they release them once a week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I finally turned it on, and it's just like <laughs> Courtney kept saying, "Dude, it's the best. You have to watch it. It's so good." And I tried it one day, and I turned it on, and I just couldn't quite get going with it. Yep. And then I finally really did, and it's so good. It's, it's so-, so sweet. It's so funny. It's charming. It's interesting. It's yes. Oh God, it was so good. It's- it really it like. It got me through. I think I watched the last episode, like, the day after the election. It was perfect timing. I've watched it all twice. And then, you know how when you go on Netflix now and they do that brilliant thing where they run a preview Mm -hmm. when you go over the icon? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two nights ago, I (laughs) hovered over it and... The one kid uh, who's so adorable and like goes on the really formal date and freaks the girl out. Oh, I can't remember yes. his name. I can't either. He's so cute. Yeah, he started talking and sucked me right back in. It's like uh-huh. I can't. I have to watch it. What if I hear any of them talking? I have to watch it. I'm just. Yeah. Ugh. They inspire me. They make me feel happy. They make me feel just like the world is a beautiful place. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I kept saying to Ryan, "We have 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 to go." to australia yeah <laughs> tomorrow like sorry guys i will bring my covid with me we're going to fucking australia <laughs> i don't have covid but um god yeah man I'm so and then he was like that. yeah it's it's what did he say it's hot there i was like dude <laughs> <laughs> what and he, you know and i was like what do you 
what do you have against Australia? And he was like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm being so negative. He's like, I would, of course, let's go. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't so in know our hypothetical, if I to go to Australia. I don't know. <laughs> in our very hypothetical conversation about going to Australia in the middle of a very bad pandemic here in the United States. My husband's like crushing my dreams when it is not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and i get know, it it's hard I to think... commit the older we get the harder it is to travel <laughs> i guess so i know <laughs> based on shows about people on the spectrum dating <laughs> it's hot there why'd you choose australia uh love on a, love on the spectrum <laughs> no, i've always wanted to go to australia it just really you know when every single shot is the most beautiful background yes. you've ever seen yes i want to go yeah yeah, we gotta so, go. Who's gonna host us? So many trips I want to take. I said to Laura today, I just can't wait to take a trip. <laughs> Ugh, I know, I know. Want to take a trip, but we will. Even just like thinking for me as a mom when I think about traveling right now and all that yeah. entails, and yep, uh, it won't always feel so hard. No, no, we've made it this far. We got through four years. We got through. What are we? Mm-hmm. Ten months into this pandemic. Yep. Stay home as much as you can through the winter. We're going to be fine, you guys. We're yeah. going to be fine. I believe it. And in the meantime, we love you. We and love you. if you are lonely, you can find us on social media, at Instagram, at on Twitter. I guess they don't go at Instagram. You go on Instagram, <laughs> and then you go at They Will Kill, and then you find us <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email us your fears, loves, concerns, etc., at they will kill podcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which is they will kill.com. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. How many, how many K's with the cupcake? No, cupcake cupcakes. with a K. We got two of those and one mommy. So we need, so we need five more, five more cupcakes with a K or mommies <laughs> or just, you know, dealer's choice, whatever you want, whatever you no. want. I think we're getting close to like 150 reviews, which yeah, is pretty solid, you guys. But get it, like, come on, do it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, thank, thank you, you AJ, AJ Bergans, for our music. <laughs> I saw some twins in their Halloween costumes I the other too, day, and they are so cute. I'm gonna eat them alive one Don't day. <laughs> eat them, and then you have to be on your own podcast, and that's weird. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason you shouldn't eat their twins. <laughs> it's <Okay>. awkward. <laughs> It'd be yeah, awkward be for me to cover awful. cover yeah. you on this podcast. Oh, I would miss them. Uh, and remember, be kind. Be kind. We can do it. Don't deep breaths. Look, don't look on social media for your answers or your accurate representation of people's true hearts. Yep. Let's just stop with the internet let's just stop it let's stop it right unless you're going there to give us a review (laughs) yeah i actually really like the internet but just not that part so anyway just go there to find out um you know who sean penn dated in 1987 fun stuff like that regular regular stuff important prohibition era times We love you guys. We love you and goodbye. Good night and goodbye. 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 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.